it's not about having a Pinterest perfect house. That's not what, you know, that's not what it really means to bring beauty into your home. And I think, I think some people sort of struggle with that. Like that's, that's what they want is the Pinterest house. And they think that that's going to make the difference, but really what makes the difference is the relationships. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa. You can find out more about the podcast at cultivatingthelovely.com in our Yellow Brick Road membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely and in our Facebook group. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram where you can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. That's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-K-O-P-P-A. Ladies, today on the show, I am featuring Laura Moletier, and we are talking all about morning time, how it can be used for homeschoolers and public regular schoolers alike, especially in the summer if you're looking for something to really bond together as a family, help form your family culture, then I think that morning time is a fabulous way to do that. Laura has some amazing materials herself, and I, of course, have the same page podcast, which I think can be helpful to families in facilitating these times, but we are going to chat about all of it today. Today. And for those of you ladies who just really love cultivating the lovely, maybe you want to get your episodes a little bit early or maybe even without the ads, then I would suggest you head over and join our tribe on Patreon. Come to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. You'll get your episode early each week without ads. We do discussion questions. We have a Facebook group. I'm trying to do more live videos in there. Plus, we have a monthly and quarterly workbook to help you work on your goals and talk about it with other ladies who are like-minded. It's an amazing group, and we would love to have you join us at patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. But for now, let's talk about morning time with Laura Moletier. Welcome, Laura. Thank you for having me, Mackenzie. Well, I am so excited to have you on the show today. You've got so many wonderful things to offer, and I think it's a really fun topic as we're heading into the summer. We're going to be talking about morning time, but for you public school moms, we're going to be talking about stuff that you can do to help enrich your kids' lives over the summer and your life over the summer. It's, this is not just a, or a homeschooling podcast episode. It's going to be a good one for everybody, I think, because we got both a public school, former homeschool mom and a homeschool mom here chatting this morning. So, Laura, would you introduce yourself? Yes, I am Laura Molitier from Everyday Graces Homeschool, and my heart is for encouraging moms to cultivate beautiful homes and encouraging homeschool moms to introduce truth, goodness, and beauty to their children through delightful homeschooling. Oh, that sounds amazing. And I totally love the, the perspective of creating beautiful homes. I'm all about that too. Okay. So you have all kinds of things that you, you really offer in that space. So you gave us an amazing elevator pitch. <laughs> Would you go deeper for me? Um, well, you know, mother culture is um, a big thing for me. Um, we're Charlotte Mason homeschoolers and Charlotte Mason, um, for anyone that's not familiar, it's an educational philosophy that views the child as a whole person. And so it's not the tabula rasa blank slate where you're just writing everything. You introduce things um, in a way that is interesting to the child and will pull the child in and give them a living education so that they're not just, you know, rote memorizing, but they actually actually take in, internalize, and remember long-term the things that are important. And then um, 
her focus was a lot on moms and how they model for their children and how they are sort of the gatekeepers um, mm -hmm. for the home and they're the protectors. And in order to really share the truth and um, the beauty that is a well-rounded education and the beauty that is wisdom that comes from that, the mom has to be immersed in um, learning herself and mm -hmm. the mom has to be um, very proactive in her modeling for the children. Yeah. So it's important for the moms to read and it's important for the moms to do things that bring them joy. Like um, I like refinishing antiques. Oh, cool. So it's, it's something that, um, it's something that gives my hands work, but it also brings my heart joy to, you know, sort of restore and bring back the newness. So my kids see me doing that and then they become interested while they're more about like soap carving and woodworking, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they're, they're seeing that, you know, working with your hands is not a bad thing. Um, yeah. and so the modeling of that. Um, and it's just, it's a way for moms to fill their hearts and their souls back up because we're constantly pouring out. Yes. Yes. And if we're depleted, there's nothing left to pour. And then mom becomes unhappy and then the whole household becomes unhappy. Um, and so it's, it's really important for moms to have that sort of, um, I don't like to use the term self-care because people have made that into something that's yes. like, you know, chocolates and bubble baths. Yeah. <laughs> but Which truly, sometimes it can be. Sometimes it can be. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it can be. But, um, you know, it's, it's truly, it's truly like the deep self-care where, you know, you're, you're feeding into your soul and you're doing the things that really make the joy and the love, um, just sort of pour forth. Yeah. I'm so glad. Well, I have so much to talk about what you just said, but I'm so glad that you included that part. I don't know if I've ever heard that talked about with mother culture, that it's also what brings a mom's heart joy. I, and I think that almost more so, I don't know, when I was a homeschool mom, I felt like there was a little bit of this thing in that community, like a little bit of a martyrdom, like Yes. Oh, homeschooling is so all encompassing, which it absolutely is. But it's like, I have to give everything to my children. I can have nothing for myself. I am going to, you know, just pour out all that I have into this. And it's almost like a, a bad thing if I am to take care of myself in any way. And I think it's such a misnomer. It's such a disservice to our families because one, exactly what you said, mom's of all kinds, we get completely burnt out if we are not making sure our souls are taken care of and our bodies are taken care of. And like we are doing those things to take care of ourselves so that we can be healthy people inside and out to be pouring out to our families. But it's also that our children should see us working. They should see us being that example. And how, how do they, how do they emulate that going forward if they don't see us actually doing it? I don't think they can. Yeah. Yeah. I always love how Sally, I think I've talked about this on the podcast even recently, but Sally Clarkson um, talked about, you know, when she started her conferences and when she started writing her books, she brought her kids alongside. She had her kids work at the conferences. Her kids knew that she had to set aside time to write because it was a good thing and she was pouring into other families and that was something that God had given her to do. And I think that's so valuable 
for our kids to know that the world doesn't always just revolve around them. It is a good thing for us to be offering things up to other people in the world and like you helping other families out by using or creating this resource that obviously you're using for your own family as well, but that it's valuable because it's a good thing for us to help other people too. Yes. It goes back to loving others the way we want to love ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, um, yeah. Just you know, teaching, teaching them that really um, service, um, service and, you know, even tithing, um, because, um, you know, when bloggers start out, we don't really make a lot. Yeah. So, so at first, for just about anybody that's sharing information, it is just a service that they are building. And somehow it morphs into a business and then you're all discombobulated. But um, <laughs> you're modeling, you know, the, the service towards others and, um, you know, tithing of your time. Mm -hmm. um, anytime they see that. And yeah. um, you know, it's like reading too. If you want your kids to be readers, they need to see you reading Yeah, you a book, not your phone. Yeah. Um, yeah. And because, well, I mean like they, they can't differentiate. Yeah. So even if I'm on my phone on a Kindle, my kids just see me on the phone and they're like, well, mom, can I have an iPad? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, so it's true. modeling that. And, um, and you know, this is just, this is across the board motherhood stuff. Um, but the Charlotte Mason masterly inactivity, um, is where you sort of guide your children in their younger years. But as they get older, you, um, it's, it's wise and purposeful letting alone. Um, mm. And once you have modeled for them um, creating things and serving people and doing things like that, um, like I think, I think it was Crystal Payne was on Instagram yesterday talking about her son was like, mom, I got up, I got all my chores done. I did everything. Um, can I make you breakfast? So. <laughs> That, that, yeah, that comes, that comes from, you know, them seeing you serving over the years. And then when they get to that point, you know, you've modeled it. And so you can let them alone and they will then do the things that they have seen you do and the habits that you've trained into them. And I mean, you know, that's just, that's parenting gold. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's those moments when you realize like, oh, these lessons I've been teaching you, they're working. I know I experienced that so much this summer or not this summer. Whew. It's early in the morning, guys. <laughs> Give me a break. Um, this past year, with especially my oldest son, but also my six-year-old daughter, but seeing them enter the public school system for the first time. And, you know, it was that very bittersweet, like, oh my goodness, I'm I'm I can't do it anymore. I know I can't do it anymore. But but what is our life going to look like and how are they going to handle this? And just seeing their, the character that have been instilled in them in the home from all those things that you're talking about and hearing my oldest son's teachers say like, he is so hardworking and he's always the one to help other kids and he sticks up for kids and he breaks up fights and like our school is better for having had him here was like, oh, it, it, it was worth it. Like it worked. It, everything, all that time, everything that I poured into him, that character was being developed. Even when I, you know, when, you, when you're homeschooling, I think sometimes it's kind of easy to be like, oh my gosh, I'm just having to nag my kids all the time. And <laughs> They just won't cooperate and, you know, like, are, are they going to make it in the real world? And, you know, obviously mine had to kind of go out there earlier than I expected or had wanted, but 
but it was worth it. And they did get so many of those lessons. And I think it was largely from the example they were seeing more than the things I was telling them, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, they'll, they'll hear what we say, but really they, they take in what we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a, a big part of mother culture is being diligent and modeling that. And um, Sally Clarkson's an awesome example to give, you know, yeah, all that well, advice because she's been there and done that and gone through it. And her kids have turned out great. Yes. They're amazing. So amazing. I've been able to chat with two of them and they're just really something. Um, but I also love that part of mother culture, which I know Sally talks about as well. And you were saying like, it's good for us as moms to be reading and filling our minds. And I like how Sally talks about it because she says that they'll, our kids will get to a certain point where we won't have anything interesting to talk about with them anymore. They won't be interested in things we have to say if we haven't been filling ourselves up with interesting things. And I love that perspective of oh, if I just like immerse myself in the world of ABCs and duck, duck, goose, like there's going to come a day where my kids are like, wow, mom, you're boring and out of touch. So one of the top ways that we can be continuing to have interesting conversations with our kids is by being readers and pursuers of knowledge. Okay, ladies, I have to admit, I'm not typically a big perfume wearer because I find it really hard to figure out which one is going to work well for me or to be able to try them out, especially in a way that isn't crazy expensive because big bottles of perfume are spendy. You can't just go around buying a whole bunch of them to try out. Well, with Scentbird, I found a way to have great taste in scents and figure out what I like and mix up my fragrance routine without breaking the bank. Whether it's Tom Ford, Gucci, or Versace, Scentbird keeps me smelling good whenever I want to be. So Scentbird is a luxury fragrance subscription service for perfumes and colognes. It's a way for you to discover new perfumes and colognes without buying an entire bottle. They have more than 450 designer brands for you to choose from. Prada, Tom Ford, Versace, Dolce & Gabbana, Cartier, Glossier, Gucci, Cal Klein and more. You try the brands you want and it's the real deal. You choose the perfume you want to try and they'll send you a 30-day supply in these really cute little pumps that come in different colors and a cute little velour bag that was absolutely delightful. I love the presentation. I'm a sucker for presentation. So that's 120 sprays, enough to apply more than four times daily for a month if you wanted to. And okay, if you're like me and you're not sure what type of scent you're looking for, that was something I was honestly a little nervous about. But I was able to sort and find my fragrances based on brand, style, occasion, season, and even more. I could look at the notes that the perfume typically has in it, and that helped me to avoid things that I know I just don't like and go towards the things that I know I do like. And I was shocked when I got them in the mail of how accurate it was just based off of the descriptions. I truly got five perfumes in the mail that I genuinely like, which I was shocked by having never actually smelled them before. And if you just can't figure it out, then you can take Scentbird's True Scent Quiz to discover more personalized recommendations for your taste. They have an exclusive offer just for my listeners. You can get 50% off your first month today. That's only $7.50 for your first fragrance. So go to scentbird.com lovely and use my code lovely for 50% off your first month. Again, that's scentbird, S-C-E 
E-N-T bird.com slash lovely for you to try your first perfumer cologne for just $7.50. Sign on and smell amazing. What does that look like for you? I, I keep a reading stack of um, various themes and genres um, going all the time. And um, we spend, I have, we have a 30 minute segment every afternoon. We do a lot of reading as part of our homeschool. So um, like I would, I would think in the summertime, cause the kids are playing outside. Most people are going to be doing this sort of thing more in the evening. Or if you're like us and live in the deep South, oh. in the middle of the afternoon, yeah. it's just too miserable to be outside. But um, we do, 15 minutes of a read aloud when we're in session um, and we go year round, um, but we do okay. one, one and then three weeks off. So we do 15 minutes of reading aloud where I'm reading to the kids and then we do 15 minutes of um, everybody reads their own book to themselves. Okay. And then when we're not in session, we do 30 minutes of read aloud and 30 minutes of reading to yourself every afternoon. And this isn't all the reading that we do. But that's, um, that's the reading that we always do together during the day, um, regardless of what else is going on, because it gives us time to sort of reconnect. Yeah. Well, and I love that time frame that you're giving, because I think a lot of people, I don't know, I think I tend to do this. I think, oh, we've got to do read aloud. So we need to do this for the next hour. <laughs> that never happens. And it's an overwhelming thought to even go in or even like a half an hour. And so to think like, okay, we're just going to make sure we purpose to do this for 15 minute chunks feels so much more manageable. Well, you know, it is too. And, and one of the things that I, I always encourage moms with is that audiobooks absolutely count as yeah. read time as long as you're sitting there listening with the kids. Yeah. Um, you know, like we, we have a lot of GA Hinty books because I have two boys and they like the adventures and the mischief and all this stuff. Sure. And so, um, yeah, audio books are a great out if you don't like reading aloud or if your voice goes out or if you have allergies in the springtime, I mean, you know, yeah. um, whatever works. Audio books are not cheating. Yeah. Um, contrary to what some people will tell you, audio books are not cheating. Um, but then for myself, I do, um, I do like 30 minutes every morning, um, where I just read mm -hmm. for me. Um, and I've got, oh my goodness, I have a crazy stack right now. Um, I'm going through the Charlotte Mason volumes, um, with a four page a day plan because, oh, cool. well, the way that she writes is obviously, um, proper for her time period, but sometimes yeah. it can be stressful on the mom brain. Yeah. <laughs> and she's, um, you know, she's, she's actually got, um, her philosophy of education book. I would recommend for every mom. Um, you don't mm -hmm. have to be a homeschooler to really pull wisdom from that one, but it's still just like four pages a day is all my head can take. Yeah. Um, and then I've got, you know, the business books that are wound up in there. And, um, a lot of times I'll, if, if I have the car to myself, which doesn't happen often, um, but I'll pop in, you know, like an audiobook on business stuff. Um, because I read that, but then I also, um, I keep either a novel or a poetry book going all the time. Um, I'm on a Wendell Berry kick right now. Fun. And, um, I just, I make sure that I have that time because other than, you know, like food and water and air, I have to have books. Yeah. It's, it's, it's my life giving, um, my life giving gift to myself is making sure that I constantly have like new things coming in. Um, and then yeah. 
there's pre-reading for the boys, which, um, thankfully there are people out there, you know, like Sarah McKenzie, who I can usually look at if I don't feel like reading the whole book and I can yeah. make sure that it's, you know, it's, it's good stuff or yeah. it's not stuff. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> keeping, keeping the, uh, keeping the books coming. My biggest issue right now is shelf space. Um, <laughs> And I've had this problem my entire life. Well, before I was a homeschooling mom, we have over 1500 books in our house. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I struggle with shelf space. And then when, when the shelves do get full (laughs) and I have to clean out, it's so painful. Oh Um, yeah. But no, um, but just, I think, I think having my kids around that, both of my kids, um, even my son with dyslexia are both readers. Um, That's so awesome. I think, um, even, even if we weren't homeschoolers, they would still be seeing the books. Um, yeah. And I know people like make fun of homeschoolers for the amount of books that they have, but I had, I was a public school kid and I had the books then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I so, know when I moved, it was like one of the first things I knew I had to have bookshelves. Mm-hmm. Like, no, this house just isn't complete without my books out. And it's funny because, you know, so much of, you know, to go on a rabbit trail, the, so much of this process over the past 20 months for me has been, you know, re-figuring out kind of like who I am and what I actually like. And, you know, lived in my mom's house, my parents' house for a while and my grandma's house for a while. And my mom is very like, she wants everything, you know, very simplified, very clean lines, very, which I, I tend to be more that way as well. But she had said to me once like, oh, books, they just look like all the different, you know, spines and titles and words and like it's too busy and I'm like no 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 (laughs) that is that is something I don't feel like our space is complete until I have the books around I want my kids even when they're they don't have their nose stuck in a book every minute of the day I want them to think of our house as being a place where there were books and there were books on their level, and they they were in abundance. I want them to always feel like there was something to grab. I want them to, like you were saying, see me reading. There's just something about having books around that I feel like is so important. Well, it is, and you know, um, I believe is it. I don't remember who said it. Now I need more coffee. But yeah. great readers are great readers. Yeah. And so, you know, exposing them to all the different ideas and the cultures and, you know, just um, the beautiful language, especially in some of the older books. And then you have, um, you know, like more modern classics, like the Green Ember series. Yeah. Um, Being able to give them that adventure and that foundation and um, exposure to even, you know, evil Mm -hmm. through a safe a safe, yeah. um, safe method, you know, it just, it, it exposes them to the fact that yes, bad things happen, but there's always good people there. And, yeah. you know, especially in our culture, I feel like that's a huge gift to every child. Yeah. Oh yeah. That is a, a really, a really big thing, especially when fears kind of run rampant and there's so, so much to be contending with as far as that goes. That's a really important point to remember. I think didn't, wasn't it, um, Oh, Mr. Rogers, who said, look for the helpers. Yes. Yeah. I love His biography's in my current reading list. Oh, look at that. That's so fun. So there's a widely held belief that procrastination is a bad thing, but life isn't so black and white. Sometimes procrastination can work in your favor. 
For example, if you need life insurance, but you've been putting it off, congratulations. You've managed to procrastinate long enough for technology to make it easy. You guys, now Policy Genius exists. Policy Genius is an easy way to shop for insurance online. In just two minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. Then once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape, no sales pressure, no hidden fees, just financial protection and peace of mind. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy, they can also help you find the right home insurance, auto insurance, and disability insurance. I went to their website and got a quote, and I was super impressed by how user-friendly their website is. They make it so simple to be able to walk through the process and find out what is going to be the best option for you. And life insurance is super important, especially as a single mom now, I am feeling that hardcore. And it was really nice to be able to go to their website and easily figure out what is going to be the best thing for my family. So if you need life insurance, but you've been busy doing literally anything else but checking for life insurance, you should check out Policy Genius. It's the easy way to compare all the top insurers and find the best value for you. PolicyGenius.com. Nobody wants to shop for life insurance. That's why they made it easy. So do you follow a specific mother culture plan? I know that like Charlotte Mason had a very specific like layout of things that, you know, topics she wanted moms to be reading. And she even, I believe, had certain books. And I know that there are some modern moms who've created sort of their own mother culture plan. So do you subscribe to that or is it more just like whatever is filling you up and things that you want to learn about right now? Um, I, I kind of follow the part of her philosophy where the mother is learning ahead of the children. Um, A lot of, a lot of homeschool people will say, you know, you learn alongside your children, but Charlotte Mason believes that you should learn ahead of them so Mm. that when they have the questions, you're able to answer them or you know, at least know the direction to go to learn more. And um, I do like the the three book lists. Um, and that wasn't actually Charlotte Mason. It was an anonymous person named A who coined the term mother culture in a 190-something article for um, the Parents Review magazine. Yeah. But it's a list of stiff books. So your heavier stuff like um, Chesterton or your theology um, those, those I think tend to be more in the stiff book side. Okay. And then you have your, um, moderate books. So, um, I would even, I would consider like Charlotte Mason's volumes to be the moderate level books. Um, these oh, are the okay. ones that make you think, but they're not as, um, intellectually taxing mm-hmm. as the stiff books. And then you've got your novels list. And while, um, while I'm not a big fan of twaddle and everybody has their own interpretation of twaddle. Yeah. Right. Um, like we don't do captain underpants in our house. I just can't, okay. <laughs> um, but, but you know, there's, there's even, there's twaddle for moms. I mean like, you know, the, oh, yeah. the romances and things like that. Yeah. Um, but the light reading, um, Charlotte Mason absolutely approved of. And, you know, so like, um, my novels list, occasionally I'll throw in, um, a Mitford series book. Oh yeah. Because I think they're adorable. Um, yeah. Sarcasm makes me laugh. That's fun. Yeah. So, um, I, I subscribe to that. I don't think it was meant to be a prescription Mm -hmm. and I know 
there are people out there that have their mother culture plans and their mother culture courses that, you know, they, they give to other people. And if that works for somebody, that's great. But I, I like individualizing things. I feel like that was kind of the whole point of Charlotte Mason's philosophy. Mm-hmm. So if I feel like picking up needlework, I'll do needlework. If I feel like baking a cake, I'll bake a cake. If I feel like, you know, refinishing an antique, that's what I'll do. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily think that it, there's a formula. Yeah. Um, it's, it's meant to be a philosophy. Yeah. And a guideline, it's not really meant to be a formula. And so, um, no, I do not follow any specific guideline for that, but I do keep my, um, I do keep my three lists of books and I keep the whole idea that I too am a whole person. Yes. <laughs> it's not just my kids. Yes. Amen. Right. So, so, um, so yeah, it's, it's fun for me. Like we just, we just redid, um, we lost our homeschool room. We, we oh. went to an office um, intentionally so that I could have yeah. a space. Um, I am a deep, deep introvert. Oh. And, so, and so sometimes it does get to be a bit much. And so um, we've also turned it into a guest room so that, you know, hopefully my mom will come visit more. I hope oh. she's <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's just, it's, it's nice to have a quiet space, but it's also very pretty so that when I have other mm. moms, I can bring them in and it's sort of like a sanctuary. Yeah, that's nice. Um, but I feel like, you know, you need, you need some space in your home. It doesn't have to be a whole room. Um, but you know, just like your, your reading corner or your, your space in the kitchen, um, Mm -hmm. wherever, wherever that is, or, you know, even like your, your perfectly organized garden cart. Yeah. mom, Mom needs some spot where she can go and just kind of exhale. Yeah. And oh yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a big part of mother culture is, you know, and that's the part that, you know, you don't see as much about, but it's, it's being able to be yourself fully and not feel bad about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And that's definitely not something I've heard like put in with that. And man, it's something that I felt so acutely for the year and a half that we were living in other people's spaces. Like I, yeah, I didn't have any, I mean, a lot of times my children were going to sleep in the same room that I was, you know, it was like, there was never any way to just get that, that sanctuary, that, you know, that pause that, okay, I can just kind of let my hair down for a minute. And having that now, I think probably, even though I've only, we've only had our place for what, um, almost two months at this point. And I I think I already have start started to forget like how much that means. Like you start getting used to having it again. It's like, Oh my gosh, never let me lose appreciation for that. Especially that piece of us having our own place. Yes. Yeah. So, so important. So another big thing that I know you do, and I sort of have a resource on, but well, I have a resource on, I don't sort of, (laughs) it is there, but it's not anywhere near to the depth that you do is a morning time resource. And so would you just tell me what, what it is you have on your site? Yes. Um, so Morning time goes by all kinds of different names. You know, now we've got morning baskets and circles, mm-hmm. all that fun stuff. Um, it's sort of a, um, it's all the beautiful parts 
of education wrapped up in a neat little package that's all scheduled out. Mm. Um, so we have, let's see, we have the poetry and we have, um, and the poetry is just for enjoyment. Um, one of the mm. things I think people forget is that children love, they love rhyme and they love beauty. Um, they're just, they're naturally drawn to it. I think that being created in God's image um, means that we are drawn to the beautiful and we are drawn to the beautiful because true beauty contains a lot of truth. Mm. And so when we expose our children to the beautiful language of poetry, we don't need to make them like tear it apart and analyze it. Mm. And I think that's a mistake that, um, there are a lot of people that still, you know, make that mistake. I think that's why a lot of people that have been through um, public or private school tend not to like poetry when they get to be a grown up. Yeah. With the possible exception of Dr. Seuss, whom I love. <laughs> um, but it's because people have made you analyze it. Um, there, there is merit in appreciating beauty just because it's beautiful. Yes. So, um, you know, we, we have the poetry that's just for enjoyment. The kids don't have to tear it apart or anything like that. And you don't have to like try to figure out some sort of weird meaning to it. Um, <laughs> right. We, we have copy work and um, copy work was actually utilized in the Charlotte Mason methodology. You pick good selections of literature and it works on handwriting. It works on grammar. It works on spelling and it works on comprehension because as they're doing their copy work, they're obviously reading mm -hmm. the, um, the selection and um we have tea times that are included we do one that's a themed tea time and then we do one that is um a recipe to focus on hospitality so oh. it helps you know it helps your kids learn um how to use things in the kitchen and how to set the table and stuff like that um which are still valuable skills even though a lot of people don't do them anymore yeah we do, um, we do a composer biography with four music selections and the music selections are included. So you have the MP3s there. We do the nice. artist biography and four art selections. Then there's, um, there's a handicraft lesson um, and there's an art lesson. And we actually, um, my art instructor, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got the morning throat going on. Yeah. Today. <laughs> yeah, um, she's actually a homeschool high school student that does my art selections. Um, oh, cool. I love art and I enjoy it, but I'm not very good at it. <laughs> so I cannot teach other people to do art. Yeah. But, um, that was, it was really fun to find her. Um, we do yeah. one hymn and a folk song and, um, hymns. I, I feel like, um, I love worship music. And so I, I don't think there's anything wrong with worship music, but I think, um, the theology that we get from the older hymns mm -hmm. is, a really a really good way to kind of embed that into our children and so we do that in the folk songs um we did grandfather's clock last month and i just love that one. Oh, fun we do um a weekly nature study that you do from your table so you get like two nature study cards um each week and um every every session has its own little theme and we have geography that's based off living books um, we include a scripture, a poetry, and a prayer memory piece. Um, and we do, let's see, there's a Shakespeare story that you read twice throughout the month. There's a recommended reading list. Um, and then we have our homeschool garden resource shed that goes with the membership. Um, that has a lot of our resources in there, um, complimentary for our membership members. 
And so um, it's, it's kind of all encompassing and it's a lot, but it's scheduled out over four weeks and um, like every day has kind of a different setup during each week. And so it's not repetitive and it's not monotonous. And with the exception of the tea times, it takes 45 minutes to one hour and you're done with all that for the day. And that's a huge chunk of what, especially when they're younger, like what your kids need to be learning, like slap some math on that and you're, you're doing pretty well. Right. Um, you know, we, we actually feel like, you know, what we've got is a full curriculum minus math and phonics instruction through early elementary. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It sounds, and it's, it sounds pretty open and go because you've got all of the, you know, the music in there and everything that's always, oh, just such a nice ability for a mom. I remember being a homeschool mom to just be able to know like, oh, it's just all right here. I don't have to go track anything down. Right. Um, we actually, we actually have a couple members that are RVers full time. Wow. No, so they, they keep everything digital. Yeah. And, um, they even have apps that, you know, make the copy work PDF digital so the kids can like I don't it just blows my mind wow yeah so um and in, in our home we print off the copy work because I try to keep my kids on like minimal screen time because we do mm -hmm. have online yeah uh, but we we have the copy work that we print off and I print off the art study sheets but everything else I read from the computer that's um, cool and so yeah it's like you could print everything if you wanted to but it's, it's easier. I feel like just to have most of it stay digital. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but now and it it's keeps fun. it portable too. So it can, can go, you know, like you were saying with RVers, but if you happen to want to go to a park to do it or, you know, whatever, to be able to just keep it in a digital format is really nice to be able to, you could probably even access a lot of it on your phone. <laughs> just like take it along. You can, but it's hard to read some of it. Yeah. You had to blow it up a whole bunch. It's a little easier on the iPad. Um, yeah. But no. And it's also, it's, it's for, you know, your entire family to do together. Um, we include uh, primary, elementary, cursive, and then the blank notebooking sheets with the copywork selection on the side so that everybody from your preschoolers through mom, if she yeah. wants to practice recursive or whatever, can yeah. actually copywork together. Um, and you know, all your biographies and everything, the whole family can do together. We have several, um, several larger families, um, that really enjoy it because they're able to pull in for an hour every day. And so, you know, you've got your 12th graders and your four year olds and everybody in between, but they're all able to learn together. And that also gives them something to discuss amongst each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that common language, that family culture that you're really building by doing that. And so it's, it's exciting. It's, it's fun for me. And it, it came because I needed something to help me be more consistent. Mm -hmm. um, I've been there. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it's one of those things you want to include everything. Yeah. And, and you try to plan it out. And I mean, you know, even, um, I, I have friends whose kids are in public school and they're the same way. They're like, you know, we don't feel like we're getting enough of this in school. Mm -hmm. but I don't know how to include it in the evenings. And, um, it's just, we're, we're all so busy and we're constantly going and, you know, like homeschoolers are usually not at home. Yeah. Did you find that to be true? Yeah. 
so so you know we're, we're going all the time and trying to fit everything in between um it was just it was too much and i always yeah. got overwhelmed and so we just wouldn't do it yeah uh, no it was like you know we did reading we did math we read aloud we're done for the day because it's like five o'clock and i don't know what happened ladies earaches are one of the primary causes for doctor visits with over 30 million visits per year that's crazy, and they even happen in the summer. So don't let your summer be ruined, Highlands can help. After you've been diagnosed with an earache by a physician, try Highlands homeopathic earache drops or tablets. Highlands has been trusted for generations to provide safe homeopathic medicines for all members of the family. Highlands homeopathic earache drops and tablets provide natural relief to help you get back to what you love. We've used them this year and we absolutely love them. So just visit highlands.com, that's H-Y-L-A-N-D-S, to find a retailer near you. That's highlands.com backslash ear hyphen pain. Claims are based on traditional homeopathic practice, not accepted medical evidence, not FDA evaluated. Read and follow the label directions. I started um, scheduling out ahead of time these four-week blocks, and um, it just kind of morphed from there. Yeah. And it, it got to where it was helping us so much that I was like, you know, I, I could probably share this because I know I'm not the only mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that yep. has this problem. Yep. It's the same reason why I started the same page because I knew I wanted this resource for my kids. I was sending them off to school. I still wanted them to be exposed to the Shakespeare and the poetry and the presidential facts and all that kind of stuff. And I knew that if I didn't record it ahead of time, there was just no way that we were going to end up doing it. I wasn't going to go find all the books every morning and the pages and, you know, pull it all out. I had to have it all done ahead of time or we wouldn't utilize it. So I love that yours has done that and on an even broader spectrum. And I think it's a great tool. Like you were saying, like public school families who are doing it, during the year, it sounds like. And even if that sounds too overwhelming to you, you know, I, I know this is, and, and it was even real when we would take breaks as homeschoolers, but this is our first year as a break from public school. And I don't, my, I don't want my kids to fall behind. They have gained so much progress this year. And I want to keep them moving forward with that and still keeping their brains active over the summer. And it's just adjusting to that summer schedule too. I mean, you hear it from public school moms all the time. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do with them? You know, but I think that it's a great time to be able to take advantage of really connecting with our kids. And if we have a resource like this that lays it all out for us and allows it to be a really rich, rich time. I think that's, uh, we have a tremendous opportunity to be able to utilize these kinds of resources. Yes. It's definitely good to prevent summer slide. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a real thing that I'm trying to <laughs> send off right now and like prepare my kids for like, no, you're not just going to not do anything over the summer. Guess what? Yeah. That's we do. We good. actually, we continue it even when we're on breaks pretty regularly because mm -hmm. um like just the structure is yeah. really good for my boys even though it's just you know one hour a day yeah um having that structure even when we're on break from full-on schooling keeps us from having to completely rebuild the habits of you yeah. know paying attention yeah yeah and I feel like bless their hearts like teachers are remarkable people they really oh are. gosh they really are 
But you know, that whole first six weeks back to school after the great big long summer break, I feel like it's not necessarily even so much they need the review, but they're having to reteach the kids to like focus and pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really good dynamic, I think. And it helps mm-hmm. teachers too. Um, I mean, like even in co-op for homeschoolers, it's yeah. teachers when you don't let your kids like not do anything all summer and it helps them to, um, I think kind of prepare them for the real world because you don't really get three month long breaks. Once yes. <laughs> yeah. I was just hearing, I've gotten one. <laughs> yeah. I was just hearing Ann Bogle talk about how she was so surprised in her adulthood to realize like how much of um, the school schedule, even when you're not in school, still impacts the rest of the world. Like people still think of it in terms of that. But I remember that as like my first year of being a working adult and be like, oh, wait, what? Right. (laughs) There's not this big break, this big gap that I just get to, you know, do whatever I want. I think that's, yeah, that's a good, good check. Like, oh no, life still goes on. There's, we're just doing other things. And I think, I don't know if you find this, but when my kids are, you know, we're not doing some sort of school thing or, you know, they tend to kind of scatter and everybody is doing their own thing. And I know, especially this summer, I mean, it's, I was working last summer, but this is the first time where we're in our own space and things are just structured differently. And I, I have to spend a lot of time working this summer and, but I don't want the whole summer to go by or even our days to go by. And it's like, oh, well, I didn't like truly connect with you guys. Like I want to be focusing in on them for a good portion of the day and having something like a morning time where you can sit down and just purpose that, okay, this is when we all come together. We are being a family right now. We're focusing on the same things together. I think is just a really important commitment to make and a a great tool to be able to utilize to do that. I think people have sort of lost a little bit of the family dynamic. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, I'm not dissing technology because that's how I make my living. (laughs) (laughs) But but I really feel like, you know, with all the technology that we've got now and um, because people are always so busy, I think we've lost a lot of the connection. Um, we've lost a lot of, you know, the family dinners. We've lost, like, people don't get together after church on Sundays to have lunch anymore. Um, yeah. People don't gather on their neighbor's front porches to talk anymore. And so just a little caveat here, though. I grew up in a teeny tiny town in Northeast Tennessee, and the whole county's population was about 16,000 when I grew up. Wow. There was still a drugstore that had a soda fountain um, and lunch counter in it. Wow. Yeah. So um, I I actually got to experience, I guess, maybe even, um, maybe even a little further back in time than that was, um, we still had a lot of that community aspect Mm -hmm. and I appreciate it growing up, but I really would like to move back there now. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like we've lost a lot of that community and that connection. And, you know, I think, I think part of holding on to the hearts of our children as they get into the middle school and high school age across the board, I mean, even homeschoolers deal with this. Like our kids want that independence, but we mm-hmm. still want the hearts. And I think by intentionally keeping community a focus in our homes and keeping them together, even if it's just a short portion of the day, is going to build the foundations for those relationships to really flourish and mm-hmm. even 
like us a whole lot as teenagers, there's still going to be that open line of communication. Yeah. Because they're, they're used to that and they're still going to be getting along with their siblings and they're going to be friends, not just, you know, roommates. Yeah. Um, And I feel like, you know, we, we really um, have that, that connection right now in our family. And I think that a lot of that honestly is due to the morning time because, you know, my boys, they fight their siblings, but they, they really, um, they play well together. They watch out for each other. Mm-hmm. They will seek each other out at some points. Um, you know, Hey, will you come play this with me? Yeah. And they, um, they are much better now that we have been doing the morning time than they were before when we were struggling with consistency. Yeah. And so yeah. I, yeah. I think, I think coming together as a family, even if it's just, you know, like tea time, two afternoons a week. Yeah. And it's a great way in the summer, you know, you can do your read alouds or whatever with everybody having lemonade and strawberries at the table. Um, and, yeah. and pull, you know, pull everybody in there and who doesn't want lemonade in the summertime? Right. Yeah. <laughs> It just builds that community and it fosters those conversations and it helps create that, um, that sort of haven Mm -hmm. for relationships. And I think that's, um, that's just, that's a big part of, um, that's a big part of our model, I guess. Um, and, and I feel weird calling it a ministry, but it's a really big part of like my blog and my ministry to moms is that, you know, just these relationships are important mm-hmm. and, you know, building this foundation and pulling in the, the beauty of home as a, yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's so important. And I think, I think our culture has lost a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I'm not sure that I have the energy level to be a one woman person bringing it back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there may not be enough caffeine for that. Yeah. Um, that is, that is something that's really important to me is really fostering those relationships and um, being able to encourage moms to do that. And it's not like people talk about, you know, beautiful homes and everybody automatically thinks Pinterest, but truly the mother is the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we are, we are the one who controls what is allowed in our home and what is not. You could have a cardboard box hovel and still have a beautiful relationship with your family and still be hospitable and still share what you've got Mm -hmm. and, you know, have those. And still value your space and take care of it. Yes. And so, I mean, you know, it's like, it's not about having a Pinterest perfect house. That's not what, you know, that's not what it really means to bring beauty into your home. And I think, I think some people sort of struggle with that. Like that's, that's what they want is the Pinterest house. And they think that that's going to make the difference, but really what makes the difference is the relationships and your choices. Um, and I think, you know, choosing joy for a mom is hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think, I think we struggle with the, um, we struggle with the weight of our responsibility. Mm -hmm. We struggle, I think sometimes with the worldly anxieties, all the what ifs. But um, I think when we choose joy, it just, it sort of lights up our whole home. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. I feel like moms can always use encouragement in that direction. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's, you know, it's on the, the antithesis of that is if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. <laughs> like, but, but when mama is joyful, man, it really does it does make a difference to your home when you're able to kind of set 
the attitude and the expectation for what what people are going to act like and feel like i i've seen that happen play out more times than i can count (laughs) well i think that is a great little note to be wrapping things up on looking for the beauty and just having that joy mamas it matters and it impacts our kids so lara moving forward what does a typical day look like for you insanity um So you had to have this resource, right? Yeah, I had to have this resource because um, now we we get up in the mornings. Um, everybody does their morning chores. Um, when we're doing our school sessions, um, I, I try to get up a little before we start um, and and sort of have my quiet time and my devotional time so that I am more civil in the mornings. Yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, we usually start our homeschool day by nine. We're usually done by one. Um, And then um, from like one to one thirty is when we do our read aloud and reading together. Um, And then at one thirty, I send the boys off to do their stuff they're supposed to do in the afternoons, um, which is like, you know, playing, reading, Legos, whatever. But then I have my work time in the afternoons and, um, then we come back together around 5.30 for dinner, and then we try to do um, something at night that's like family-oriented after dinner. So we'll do, you know, a game or read or play outside and catch fireflies, whatever works um, at that point. And then the kids go to bed at 8, and then I catch up on eight emails. And then, you know, by like 10 o'clock, I'm ready to do my nighttime Bible reading and go to bed. Yeah. That Very sounds... exciting stuff. <laughs> it sounds like my old life. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So how are you currently cultivating loveliness in your life? Um, Currently we are focused on um, actually updating our house. Um, It's 14 years old now. Um, And my husband actually bought it before we met. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so it's 14 years old and that's when, you know, things start having to be like fixed and replaced. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we're having to be very intentional with um, managing time for the projects yeah. and continuing to, um, you know, keep our family relationships going the way they are because it's so easy. And anybody that's gone through renovation probably knows yeah. this. It's really easy to get short with your kids Yeah. Um, when, when the house is, um, I don't want to say in shambles, it's not totally in shambles, but it feels like it is. Yeah. And so um, we're, we're working very hard right now to make sure that we maintain family dinner time and that we have our, um, that we get our morning time done during the day because it helps us, you know, kind of pull together and everybody breathes easier after that. But we're, we're working really hard right now to, um, to maintain a balance between what's important and what feels urgent. Yeah. That can be so hard. Especially when you just want those projects to get done with. Oh my goodness, yes. I mean, like yesterday. Um, and, you know, these, some, some of these are going to be bigger projects because, well, that's a whole other story. Yeah. But some of these are going to be bigger projects. But what, we, what we've got going right now, it's just being very intentional to, um, especially for me, to not let the mess overwhelm me because I can get snippy. Mm. And so I'm, I'm having to spend extra time reading and extra time, you know, working with my hands and yeah. outside of the house on occasion. Um, 
just so that I don't, um, don't let the mess get to me too much. And I don't know if it's like, if it's a, um, an OCD thing, <laughs> but it does. I just, I get so twitchy is usually the word that I use. Um, yeah. When the house feels like it's all apart and, um, it does, it, ref- it reflects really quickly onto my kids. And so I have to be very cognizant of, um, not letting my frustration with the condition of the house right now affect how I'm treating the children. Yeah. So it's just a lot of balancing right now. Yeah. Some days are better than others. <laughs> I hear you. Yep. We are going through that end of the year craziness right now. And it's just, there are so many activities and things we have to be at and final projects and all of these things that it's, I'm, I'm feeling that same, like, okay, I need, I need that center point. I need to be making rest a huge priority right now, because if not, then I just am not a happy person to be around. <laughs> like right. I, and you I, just moved too. I mean, that's, yeah. that's anxiety yeah. inducing. Yeah. It's been like, it's been so great. We, I mean, I, I tend to get like settled in a place pretty quickly because I just, I can't stand not knowing where things are and like wanting it to just be put together. And so we have a pretty good handle on that, but I definitely have been having to do a lot of apologizing (laughs) to my children lately. (laughs) Um, Oh, uh, mommy's in a bit of a mood. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I just have, yeah, it can get overwhelming at times. So I kind of agree with you. Like the way I'm currently cultivating the lovely is making sure that I'm always taking a few minutes to read before bed at night, like allowing myself that time to do that and know that my brain will shut down better if, and I will get better rest if I can like distract myself from the cares of the day and do that. And trying to be really deliberate with how I'm using my time so that I don't end up with a ton of work in the evening and that sort of thing. Like trying to make sure I'm getting as much done as early as possible so that I can really maximize the time that I'm spending with my kids and enjoy them and not just be stressed out through the entire evening going, oh, I still have three work projects I have to get done. You know, like trying to just really be very deliberate with my time and, and also for the rest component, like knowing that it's so important that I need that and making sure I account for that in my day, which can be really hard because I, I had a friend who sent me a meme of, I don't know if you're into the Enneagram at all, but I'm a three on the Enneagram and it was like, threes are constantly working. So if you want a three to stop working, then you need to tell them that rest is part of their work. <laughs> like <laughs> Somehow get it through to them. So I feel like that's, it's almost part of my job to take care of myself right now and make sure I'm not just getting totally burnt out. Well, it is. I mean, like that's a big part of our job. It's why yeah. they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first. Yep. And it can be very hard to do, but it's so important. All right. Are you ready for my stock questions? Yes. Okay. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Essential oils. Okay. Cloth napkins or paper? Cloth. City or country? Country. Paper or digital? Paper. All right. Shopping. Would you rather do it online or in the store? Online. Yeah. (laughs) 
It's four o'clock or whatever time you're making dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music? Music. And what is some of your favorite music to listen to? Um, Andrea Bocelli and Bach. Good selections. I like those. Okay. Chocolate. Would you rather have milk or dark? Dark. Sports or no sports? Oh, that's tough. Uh, I have two boys, so I was sort of yeah. forced to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I can do without them, though. Yes, I hear you. I, I watch them. I don't watch other sports. But yes. I, I watch them, and that, that suffices. But I will not be participating or viewing them on a television. <laughs> so. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? Oh gosh, watch. Okay. What is your favorite movie? Oh gosh, I don't know. Probably The Princess Bride. Oh, that's a good one. Have you listened to Carrie Ellis's book, As You Wish? It is on my list. I have not yet. Does he narrate the audio? He does. And like Billy Crystal shows up, Robin Wright, um, Uh like all these people also talk in it. It's so good. Okay. It just moved up on my list. Yeah. And my kids didn't listen to the whole thing, but there were a few chapters that they listened to. And especially my boys got a huge kick out of it. And then like hearing some of the behind the scenes and then going back and watching the actual movie was so much fun because like the scene, I'm just going to totally, I'm spoiler alert. Um, he, so, you know, when, um, the six, six fingered man hits Wesley on the head with the butt of his sword and he right. passes out, he actually knocked him out. <laughs> oh my goodness. Scene. Like you are legitimately seeing him be knocked out cold. He woke up in the hospital. Like there are so many things like that, that just add so much richness to then actually going back and watching the movie. We had so much fun doing that. Oh, how fun. Yeah. So definitely listen to it. Okay. If you were to put yourself on the crunchy spectrum, zero is totally not crunchy. 10 is singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair. Where are you on the spectrum? Probably a seven. All right. I like it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Laura. I just really hope that people were inspired to not feel overwhelmed by like morning time and that sort of thing, but encourage that it can be such a rich time for their families and to take care of themselves as mamas. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun talking to you. Yes. I will talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. All right, ladies, that's it for this episode. To be able to access any of the stuff that Laura talked about today or find the same page podcast, you can head over to boldturquoise.com slash 121. And while you're fiddling around on the internet, if you wanted to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review, it would be so, so appreciated. iTunes, believe it or not, is one of the top ways that people tell me they find the podcast. 
because when you guys review it, it signals to iTunes that it's a show worth listening to, and then they recommend it to other people. So if you want to just help out the show for free, that would be an amazing way that you could do that. Give us a little high five and help the show to continue to be successful and grow into the future. Next week, you guys, I have one of my favorite people in all the land on the show, and that is Robin Jones Gunn. I know a lot of you are squealing right now because you love Robin and her books as much as I do, and they have been just as big of a part of your life. She's got a brand new series that we are going to talk about, the Haven Maker series, and I'm so excited to be able to feature her episode next week. So I will see you next week to talk with Robin, but until then, go be bold and gracious. Bold and gracious.